1: For two days after that, Rostov did not see Dolokhov at his own or at Dolokhov's home. On the third day, he received a note from him. "'As I do not intend to be at your house again for reasons you know of, "'and I am going to rejoin my regiment, "'I am giving a farewell supper tonight to my friends. "'Come to the English Hotel.' About ten o'clock, Rostov went to the English hotel straight from the theatre where he had been with his family and Denisov. He was at once shown to the best room, which Dolokhov had taken for that evening. Some twenty men were gathered round the table, at which Dolokhov sat between two candles. On the table was a pile of gold and paper money, and he was keeping the bank. Rostov had not seen him since his proposal and Sonya's refusal and felt uncomfortable at the thought of how they would meet. Dolokhov's clear, cold glance met Rostov as soon as he entered the door as though he had long expected him. "'It is a long time since we met,' he said. "'Thanks for coming.' I will just finish dealing, and then Ilyushka will come with his chorus. I called once or twice at your house, said Rostov, reddening. Dolokhov made no reply. You may punt, he said. Rostov recalled at that moment a strange conversation he had once had with Dolokhov. None but fools trust to luck in play, Dolokhov had then said. Or are you afraid to play with me? Dolokhov now asked, as if guessing Rostov's thought. Beneath his smile, Rostov saw in him the mood he had shown at the club dinner and at other times when, as if tired of everyday life, he had felt a need to escape from it by some strange and usually cruel action. Rostov felt ill at ease. He tried but failed to find some joke with which to reply to Dolokhov's words. But before he had thought of anything, Dolokhov, looking straight in his face, said slowly and deliberately so that everyone could hear, Do you remember we had a talk about cards? He's a fool who trusts to luck? "'One should make certain, and I want to try.' "'To try his luck or the certainty,' Rostov asked himself. "'Well, you should better not play,' Dolokov added, "'and springing a new pack of cards said, "'Bank, gentlemen.' "'Moving the money forward, he prepared to deal.' Rostov sat down by his side and at first did not play. Dolokhov kept glancing at him. Why don't you play, he asked. And strange to say, Nicholas felt that he could not help taking up a card, putting a small stake on it and beginning to play. I have no money with me, he said. I will trust you. Rostov staked five rubles on a card and lost. Staked again and again lost. Dolokov killed, that is, beat ten cards of Rostov's running. Gentlemen, said Dolokov after he had dealt for some time, please place your money on the cards or I may get muddled in the reckoning. One of the players said he hoped he might be trusted. Yes, you might, but I am afraid of getting the accounts mixed, so I ask you to put the money on your cards, replied Dolokhov. Don't stint yourself. We will settle afterwards, he added, turning to Rostov. The game continued. A waiter kept handing round champagne. All Rostov's cards were beaten, and he had 800 roubles scored up against him. He wrote eight hundred roubles on a card, but while the waiter filled his glass he changed his mind and altered it to his usual stake of twenty roubles. Leave it, said Dolokhov, though he did not seem to be even looking at Rostov. You'll win it back all the sooner. I lose to the others, but win from you. Or are you afraid of me? he asked again. Rostov submitted. He let the 800 remain and laid down a seven of hearts with a torn corner which he had picked up from the floor. He well remembered that seven afterwards. He laid down the seven of hearts on which, with a broken bit of chalk, he had written 800 rubles in clear, upright figures. He emptied the glass of warm champagne that was handed him, smiled at Dolokhov's words, and with a sinking heart waiting for a seven to turn up, gazed at Dolokhov's hands which held the pack. Much depended on Rostov's winning or losing on that seven of hearts. On the previous Sunday, the old Count had given his son 2,000 rubles, and though he always disliked speaking of money difficulties, had told Nicholas that this was all he could let him have till May, and asked him to be more economical this time. Nicholas had replied that it would be more than enough for him, and that he gave his word of honour not to take anything more till the spring. Now only 1,200 rubles was left of that money, so that this seven of hearts meant for him not only the loss of 1,600 rubles, but the necessity of going back on his word. With a thinking heart, he watched Dolokhov's hands and thought, now, then, make haste and let me have this card, and I will take my cab and drive home to supper with Denisov, Natasha, and Sonya, and will certainly never touch a card again at that moment. His home life jokes with Petya, talks with Sonya, duets with natasha Piquet with his father and even his comfortable bed in the house on the Povarskaya rose before him with such vividness, clearness and charm that it seemed as if it were all a lost and unappreciated bliss long past. He could not conceive that a stupid chance letting the seven be dealt to the right rather than to the left, might deprive him of all this happiness newly appreciated and newly illumined and plunge him into the depths of unknown and undefined misery. That could not be. Yet he awaited with a sinking heart the movement of Dolokhov's hands. Those broad reddish hands with hairy wrists visible from under the shirt cuffs, laid down the pack and took up a glass and a pipe that were handed him. So, you are not afraid to play with me, repeated Dolokhov, and as if about to tell a good story, he put down the cards, leaned back in his chair, and began deliberately with a smile. ''Yes, gentlemen, I have been told there is a rumor going about Moscow that I am a sharper, so I advise you to be careful.'' ''Come now, deal!'' exclaimed Rostov. ''Oh, those Moscow gossips!'' said Dolokhov, and he took up the cards with a smile. ''Ah!'' Rostov almost screamed, lifting both hands to his head. The seven he needed was lying uppermost the first card in the pack. He had lost more than he could pay. Still, don't ruin yourself, said Dolokhov with a side glance at Rostov as he continued to deal. End of chapter 13